You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Father, we love you. Lord, we consider following you the fascination and joy and resolution of our lives. And we're so grateful for the way that you take care of us and the way that you love us and I thank you for every person in this room that has decided to follow Jesus and each person, Lord, no matter where they're at in their walk with you. And I just pray, Lord God, that they would experience you today. God, we ask, Lord, that we would align our desires with yours. And God, we even ask specifically today as we talk about hearing God, we pray, Lord Jesus, that we would increase tuning in, that we would tune out the distractions. And Lord God, we love you and we trust you and we don't want a system, we want a person. We, we want you, and so we want to be as close to you as we possibly can. We love you, we honor you, and all of Radiant Church said amen. amen. So we're in this series about hearing God, and so in week, week one, we talked about the story of Samuel and when he was a boy in 1 Samuel chapter 3 where God speaks. And really in week one, the big idea was just this. I just wanted you to really believe and lock in with that we serve a speaking God. And we talked about that there are some that believe that God is not speaking today, but really the whole of that message was just this idea, God is speaking. And so we really looked at that story and then some of the New Testament scriptures to talk about how we believe here as a church that we serve a God who speaks, that, that wants to speak with you. We believe that if, if he wants a personal relationship with us, one of the key components in a relationship is communication. And so... It just makes sense, both biblically and logically, that our God is speaking today. And many of you in this house talk a lot about how God speaks to you, and you know it not only uh, in those ways, but also in your experience. And so then in week two, last week, we really just focused in on learning to listen. So we talked about all the distractions that we have in our lives, and we talked about our, our tendency to have so much. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got a lot on their plate. We really talked about tuning in to God and trying to listen better and ways that we could listen better and tune out some of the distractions of the world. And then today, I want us to talk about ways that he speaks. Like just what are some of the ways that God speaks? And of course, we know that God speaks in multiple ways. We know that God speaks through his word. We've talked in week one, we talked about how God speaks through a whisper. We talked a little bit out of 1 Kings 19 where Elijah heard the still small voice of God. And we know that he speaks, he speaks through his word in dreams and he speaks in visions and he speaks a lot, of, a lot of ways. I want to just hone in a little bit on a couple today. And I just love this, this, this verse in Proverbs. And you know it. And, and you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid. So I grew up learning this and not the message because the message is new. But I want to highlight the message a little bit. We know Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. But I've been just these last number of years as the message came out, Eugene Peterson, he really wrote the message in street language. And so I want to encourage you to all make sure and study the word of God in a translation other than the message. But the message is a paraphrase, and Eugene Peterson really does a great job at putting these ideas in, I call it street language, because it's just kind of the way that we talk today. And I just want you to hear the way that that verse is said in the message. It says this, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. 
<laughs> and all the deep personalities just got scared. <laughs> listen, this is the phrase, listen for God's voice in everything you do. Now, I just want you to catch that. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. So I just want us to talk about ways that God speaks today. And I want us to start with the scriptures. And my hope is just to really kind of get in your heart that you're going to be a Bible person, right? Like just that, it, it, there's no reason for you to, to say, I, I don't have too much time. No, I, if, if, if you don't have time for the scripture, then you're just too busy. Like you just got too much. And most of us, if you look at, man, whether it's Hulu or Netflix or Fox News or ESPN, man, we, you, you can find some time where you're spending a little too much somewhere. And I just want to invite you to just to kind of be a Bible person. It's like my son Dawson, when he was a kid, he loved Bible man. There was a, uh, this, this little figure, Bible man. And, and I just want you to be Bible woman, be Bible man. Just label it on your head. I am a Bible person. And I want to read a little bit today out of the idea of the scriptures. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about hearing God's voice through others. All right, so let's talk about the scriptures just a little bit with your vision to be a Bible person. For your vision to be, I, I'm gonna love it, I'm gonna know it. Let's just read out of Hebrews 4. It says this, and I just want you to get this. God speaks through scripture. That's the first point today. For the word of God is alive and active. Say alive. alive. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. All right, and then Paul says to Timothy, and you know this one, all scripture is God-breathed. It's God-breathed. It's, it's the word of God. It's God's and it, speaking, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I want you to picture, now, I know you talk about reading your Bible, and sometimes this is, this is an idea that, man, many people know in theory and then there's a lot of kind of reasons why in their own life it's not applicable or why they've kind of decided they're in a season where they're too busy. And so sometimes this is quickly a conversation where people feel judged. Here's where I want you to get. I, I want in your heart for you to see that the Bible is alive, that, that the word of God is alive and active and God wants to speak to you through his word. And so I, my hope is that it won't be something where you feel judgment today, but where you, where you will feel inspired that this, this is something that, man, maybe it's just been sitting on yourself. Maybe it's the app that you open last, but maybe go digital after you've gone biblical. <laughs> in a culture where we're living digital, like first thing in the morning, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the word of God alive inside of me. And it is alive, and I want to make sure that I've studied it, and I know it, and I'm hearing it, and so I want to invite you to just start to think about pages that talk, right? Like the word of God alive today and applicable for you and you hearing God through the scriptures. And I want to invite you just to make that a priority. And when you do it, when you, I want you to think of it as this. Think of it as your story. So, so when you read this, you have entered into a story that is, it's your prequel and it's your future right? This is your story. So when you read about that God created the heavens and the earth, and then you read about God talking to Adam and Eve, maybe then you read about the fall, or you read about Abraham and God's commitment and covenant with Abraham and 
then God's story with Israel and all the ups and downs that his people go through leading up to God sending his own son, Jesus, and then Jesus living perfectly, dying on a cross, Jesus raising from the dead, Jesus then telling his disciples to go into the world and make disciples and then ascending into heaven. And, and you live in, in that story because that commission that Jesus gave to his disciples, you're living out. You're living out that church age. You're in it right now. And so this is not just a story of a couple thousand years ago. I want to invite you to jump into that this is your story. Like you, 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 when you read this, it's kind of like learning what your history is because you've entered into the church of Jesus Christ. And, and so you're a part. And so when you, when you read it, you're studying about, okay, what, what is my story? And, 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 and that story about Moses or that story about Isaiah or that story about, man, Jesus interacting with Peter or John or Paul reflecting on what Jesus has done and challenging the church on how they should live in the first century. All those things, I want you to see it as this is, this is my story. This is my prequel. This is where this, and then it talks about how it's going to end up for me and, and see it as your story. When I married Renata, her story, we met when we were 19. We got married at 23. All right. But her, the 19 years that I did not know her, once I married her, I entered into that story. Her bank account at 23, when we got married, <laughs> it had nothing in it. My bank account, right? Her 1991 Ford Escort, beat up, old, about to die. That became my Ford Escort, right? I entered into her story. Does that make sense? And everything leading up to in her life, well, suddenly now that we are in covenant relationship for the rest of our lives, that early story, that became my story and vice versa. And so I want, to just, I want you just to see it that way. I want you to just, just I want you to love it. I want you to get to where you, you look at it and you go, man, the way that God speaks to those people, God can speak to me. And I want you to just be able to get to this place where even if you're someone that has struggled in the past to where you jump in and, and love the scriptures. And so I want to invite you just to ask four questions, real simple questions, and they're real easy. All right, but if you take these and apply these, whether you're reading in Genesis or whether you're reading in Psalms or whether you're reading in one of the Gospels or whether you're reading Paul or whatever you're reading, you, it, it, it'll help you in your journey. So this is just easy. And so, man, if you've got an iPhone or a piece of paper and a pen or something, man, these are some four questions you could write down if you want to. Uh, but, but here we go. Number one question is this. Wh what is happening in the story? Like, what's going on? And, and so we call this kind of in... In Bible world, we call this the context. What's the story? What's taking place? So that when you, in, it, it, when you enter into the story, you've got a clue of the who, what, when, where, why, how. You've got a clue of what kind of what story you're, you're reading. So most of the time when you're reading in the scripture, you're reading this portion of a story. And so it's really great for you to have a, a kind of a clue about what's going on because it'll help you better apply it to your own life. And so one of the questions you can ask is, what's going on? What's the story? One of the great things you could do is to get a study Bible. There's all kinds today. There's, there's, there's hundreds. There's a men's study Bible and a women's study Bible and kids' study Bible and the cowboy's study Bible and the chief's study Bible. I mean, there's hundreds. Like, if you've got, you got a hobby or anything about you, you can find something and just research it online. There's every kind of study Bible. It can be like those people that, I mean, it's crazy. There's tons of them. And so I would encourage you, in the, typically what those study Bibles do is just give you that. It just gives you, it gives you some context in the, in, and it's it's. Bible editors trying to find a way for you to understand it, know it, and care about it. And so 
I want to invite you, number one is just to ask that question. And then the second question I want to encourage you to ask is, what did this mean for them? Or what does this mean for the people in that story? And so when you ask that, it helps you be able to understand it and what it, what it meant for them. And so that you can apply it just a little bit more logically to your own life. All right? So let me give you this example. So uh, I went to prom in high school. And my parents listen to my podcast, and they're going to be sad that you know that, that I went to dances, but I did. And so anyway, uh, I, I went to prom in high school, and I'll just never forget the moment where um, one of my buddies, he was like, uh, we were going to go together, and uh, not, ooh, that sounds weird. We were going on a, um, <laughs> awkward, cut that. We're going to podcast a second service. Uh, we uh, went on, a, we were going to go on a double date with two girls together, and um, ooh, awkward. And so, um, Anyway, and so we had it all planned out, and it was all going to work. It was the plan. It was going to be great. And uh, then he told me, he said, hey, my, my, my date broke up with me. She's not going to come. And, and I said, you got to be kidding me. And he said, yeah. He goes, she said yes to somebody else. Like, she already said yes to him, and then she broke up with him. And she said, I'm not going to go with you anymore. I'm going to go with so-and-so. And I was really frustrated about this. And so me being the guy who lacked leadership on my life, I just decided I was going to have a confrontation with that girl on why she was not going to go with my friend. And so I went up to her with my braces and my mullet, and I just looked at her, and I said, hey, we got a plan. The four of us are going together. And so why on earth did you dump my friend? And she, her answer to me was one that I'll never forget. Now, I wasn't really great at hermeneutics in high school, but her answer to me just didn't make sense. She looked at me and she goes, well, I don't know. So-and-so asked me, and I just felt like the Lord said to me, who will go for me? And I said, here I am, Lord, send me. <laughs> yeah. Now, even though I hadn't been to Bible school in high school, I just thought that was really weird. And, and some of you are like, oh, that's how God speaks to me too. It's, it's, it's perfectly right on. And so I don't want to over-criticize because I will leave the door open. I will crack the door open that there is a chance. I don't know. Maybe she married the guy. I have no clue. Maybe, maybe that's how God spoke to her. But here was, here's what I thought. I thought to myself, man, if, if, if she was to have a conversation with Isaiah, who in Isaiah chapter 6 just saw God, and it's this, I, holy is the Lord God Almighty, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, and just, ha, then it's, and now who will go for me? You know the text, uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, you right? And I'm sure that if Isaiah was to have a conversation with this girl from high school, he'd be like, ah, don't compare breaking up with that boy was seeing God, right? Like, I just think she didn't totally know the context. I don't want to be critical and judgmental, and some of you are going to send me an email about, sometimes God talks that way. Okay, great. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, for me, there's a little bit of not apples for apples, right? And I think sometimes when we don't have the word of God in us, it's easy just to take the message on whispers that we talked about a couple weeks ago and be like, yeah, what's up? I just can't make it up. But I want to invite you, if you get this in you and, and you know those stories and, and you know the word of God, the greatest way for you to hear God is to know his word. I just want to invite you, just be Bible man, be Bible woman, like figure it out, figure out a way to actually love it, figure out a way that you dive into it and you ask some of these questions and man, it's a part of who you are. I think that, I think it's very easy for us to just use maybe past education, past Bible study, and, and for it just not to be a present, active part of our lives. And I just want to encourage you. It's one of the reasons why we're just encouraging you to, to jump in, even with what we do here. We call it Rad 365, where we're encouraging everybody to do the one-year Bible and, 
and just get, just get the scriptures in you. If you want to hear God, he's written right here. So jump in. Love it. Love it. Jump in and know it. Here's a third question. It's this. Where is Jesus in the story? Right? Like when you read the Old Testament, everything's leading up to Jesus. Everything's pointing to Jesus. Okay? And then when you read the New Testament, post the Gospels, everything, it's all pointing back to Jesus. Jesus is the main character in the book. All right? And so I love the text in John chapter 5 where Jesus says, he says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So one of the great questions you can ask as you study the scriptures is, where's Jesus? Like what's, how does, how, whether, whether you're reading prophets in the Old Testament or whether you're reading epistles in the New Testament, what? What, what, where does, what, where's Jesus in this? Because the dream is that your relationship with Jesus would get stronger and stronger and stronger. So when you ask those questions, it's, it's growing inside of you. Oh, okay, I see Jesus here, and, and this is how it applies. And One of the things that's helped me, as simplistic as this is, is we bought this children's storybook Bible for our kids, and then we would read it to our kids. It's called Children's Storybook Bible, and it was an author uh, in conjunction with Timothy Keller. Um, and it, it, in it, it just, it points to, it'll go through the Old Testament stories and it'll say how, okay, David killing Goliath, it is this, this foreshadowing of Jesus. Or it'll tell each story and it'll talk about, it, it ends each time talking about Jesus and it helps you love and know Jesus as a result of the Old Testament narratives. And I think it's brilliant. Because it just helps me be relational. Because everything that we're aiming for is relationship with Jesus. And so, man, when that word of God, when, you, when it gets in you and, and you start to see how those stories help you know and love and follow Jesus, it's beautiful. And so I want to invite you to, to jump in. And, and if you get all those things in, then the fourth question is this. How is God speaking to me? Now, my conviction is, is that that girl from high school, if she didn't know those things, then, then maybe it would have given a little bit more revelation uh, when she's all quoting Isaiah 6, I'm breaking up with my friend. Um, but here's what I want to encourage you with. I believe, without a doubt, if you get some of those, it'll, then you start to ask the question, okay, God, how are you speaking to me? And it helps you when you know, here's a little bit of the context, and here's, 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 here's where Jesus is in the text, and and then you can say, God, how do I apply this? In my current life right now where it feels like I'm a little bit angry at so-and-so and my finances are a little bit low and it feels like there's a little bit of relationship breakdown in this area. And then you can hear, hear God speak to you with pages that talk and begin to share with you. This is what I want to encourage you to do. So I want to encourage you. I, I'm today, I'm just, I'm just giving you a few ideas on, on ways that God speaks. And I just first and foremost want to hit the scriptures I really, I really hope that, that as, as we continue as a church, and now we're, we're about 56 or 57 weeks old, my hope is to have us be a people that absolutely love the scriptures, love the word of God, talk about it, and our, the, the, the stories, how we're applying that God speaks to us and how God is at work. It's, there's stories about, man, as I was studying or as I was reading, that that's common because you really are. 
And I want to say that in a relational sense. I don't want to say that in just the very thing that Jesus was criticizing, where Jesus was criticizing the guys who went after, they loved the scriptures more than they loved the person. And man, that's not what we want. But we do want our love for the person to drive us to study the word of God and know him and know all about him and know his story. When we know his story, then it helps us understand where we fit in the story. All right, so the second one I want us to lock in with is this. He speaks through others. He does speak through other people. And so this is one of the ones that is one of the reasons why we're so big on small groups around here. Because, man, we love the monologue. Like, we love the Sunday morning conversation, and, but we really love the dialogue. And it's in the dialogue that a lot of times the Holy Spirit will use his people to equip, encourage, and the way 1 Corinthians 14 says it is build each other up. And edify one another. You would be surprised how much someone who's walking with the Holy Spirit will speak something that if you're paying attention, God's speaking to you through that mature Christian. And if you'll just kind of open up your ears and listen how often God does that. I I love the story. One of my favorite stories is in Luke 2, where Jesus is only 12, right? And Jesus is sitting there in verse 46. We read about how Jesus is is sitting there and he's listening and asking questions in the temple. I just want to encourage you, if Jesus sits and asks questions, I want to invite you, sit, ask questions, listen. Listen to sages, listen to other people and, and just ask the Lord, God, what, what do you want to say to me through this person? What do you want to say to me in the small group, in the class, whatever it is? And you'll be surprised how often. I would say in my journey, one of the ways that God has spoken so powerfully is hearing other people say something and it just resonates. It's like it's weighty. And it's honestly, to be honest, usually it does not, it's not exciting. Like it doesn't, I'm not like, a, it's not like a, that's it. It's like a, oh, that's it. You know, it's like, oh, because it's oftentimes just kind of like a knife. It just cuts. This week I was, uh, I was, I was sitting with a, a, a pastor who, is more experienced than I am. And he's, he's in his mid-50s, and he said a sentence to, and there's 15 of us in the room. He wasn't just looking at me, but he said one sentence out, coming out of his story that was so convicting, and I knew there was an application for me. And it's, it's so personal, I don't even feel comfortable sharing it yet because it's all about, it was all, it's all about forgiveness. And I just knew, I knew the relationship, I knew, and I knew what God was telling me to do. And I felt like this week that the Holy Spirit spoke to me through him. And I want to encourage you to get yourself in an environment where you are listening. Like there are people around you in this church. And if you'll, if you'll get together, if you'll sit, talk, hang out, you'll hear God. I'll never forget I was in my late 20s. I was sitting at a Starbucks with a friend of mine. And he said, hey, David, that was a great message. On a, a, the title of my message was A Focused Life. And I talked about ordering your time great and all that stuff. Man, I was 29 years old. I was, you know, I was a little bit lighter back then, a little more hair than I do now. And, you know, it's like I felt I was feeling really great about my sermon. I was like, I was alive with it. It was, and it was the next day. And he said, that was awesome. It was really, really good. He said, I only have one issue. I said, what's that? And he goes, I don't think you live a focused life. And I was like. Because you know the emotion. It's not like, oh, thank you, brother. It's like, who do you think you are? I'm more focused than so-and-so, right? And here's what he said. 
when I look at, so he was older than I was, and he said, when I look at your capacity, I don't think you're as focused as God wants you to be. <laughs> and I just remember sitting there like, I thank God for friends like this, right? Because there's this part that it's painful, it's hard to hear, but man, I made some adjustments in my life and it helped me significantly. And I just tell you that because I believe, for me, it was a moment that was hard to hear, but it impacted, I mean, it impacted the rest of my life. I, I, I cut out some things that I was, at the time, pretty excited about just so that I could be a little bit more focused. And so I, I just, it, for me, this has just happened over and over again. I was in my mid-30s five years ago, and I was talking to a guy who was really, really financially intelligent. Like he was just, and, and, there, was, and there was just so much blessing on his business, and, and I, just, I just respected him. I mean, I, I loved the way that... I loved what he was able to do for some of his kids, and I just, lo- I just, I could, he, he was so meticulous in how he handled his finances, and, and so I just decided to set up a coffee meeting with him, and I was just asking him questions about money, and I was like, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a broke youth pastor, but I got some questions, and, uh, and I, I started asking him some questions, and he said something, I opened up my finances to him, this is Captain Vulnerability, here we go, we'll learn, Church Planting 101, should you be this vulnerable with your congregation? I have no idea, but that's why I'm a church planter, year one, I have no clue. Anyway, and I, I, but I, I just, I, I showed him and I said, what do you think? And I'll never, I mean, he just looked at me and he said, I think that what you're giving is good, but he said, I, I think you should get before the Lord and ask if you can financially give more. And I was like, that's the last thing. I, w- I wanted you to help me make money, you know? Like, this is not how I thought it was going to go. Like, let's talk investments. Let's talk college. Let's talk, why do I drive a car from the 90s? Like, that's what, that's what I want to talk about. And he was like, no, I, he said, I just, well, he just said, hey, I'm, I got a decade on you, and you wanted to know. He said, I just think, he said, I think that it would make a beautiful statement to the Lord and to yourself and to your family if you opened up your generosity. <laughs> I was like, and I, it was like a knife. But I was like, okay, all right. And I knew the Holy Spirit, though it was painful, was speaking. You're starting to get the idea. Of it, was, it, was, it was God. I actually have, it happened this year. It was in a small group. And, uh, and I was talking about some ministry dreams that I had. and Some of the things I think are in my heart. And um, Will Riddle, he's down here on the second row. He's in the, he's in the meeting. He's a men's small group. And he says this phrase to me that I, when, when he said it, it was like illuminating and painful at the same time. Because he said something that just he challenged me to start something that I just thought, oh, no way. Like, ah, oh, and it was, it was letting go of some of the old and dreaming about the new. And I'm telling you, for me in that moment, it seemed, it just seemed like I didn't, all my flesh didn't want it, but my spirit knew. It's like, it's like that knife that I'm talking about, it's like your spirit jumps, the Holy Spirit jumps and your flesh dies. It's like, oh, it's gonna cost, that's painful. But I knew it was the Lord. And here's the reason why I give you those examples. Because when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, it almost always makes you look more like Jesus. And those examples for me meant Killing my pride, <laughs> killing my finance, rearranging my time, and all those things were costly, but they were the Holy Spirit speaking through another vessel 
And it's kind of just like a wake-up call where the Lord will use another brother, another sister in the Lord. And they're not trying to be, they're not necessarily like saying, thus saith the Lord, you don't live a focused life. Thus saith the Lord, you should give more. Thus saith the Lord, let go. It's, but instead, it's just conversation and there's a weightiness and you sense it. Here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to put yourself in the most strategic environment where you can hear God. Get the word of God. Get the Bible in front of your eyes. Get it in your earbuds. Oh, man. You mean like turn off some music and some radio shows? Put in the scriptures? Yeah. I'm telling you. Just, just test it. Not because your pastor says to, not because it's a command, because I just want to invite you, and it's an invitation. You'll be surprised. You'll start to remember it throughout your day. And the word of God, just the Bible goes from being just a little bit of an ought to, to a, man, I want to. I want the word of God alive and at work inside of me. It's one of the reasons why we're so committed to small groups, right? Like we're just massively committed to helping you get in these environments, and some of you, you're not ready for a small group, or some of you, you tried the small group thing and it's not working out. Okay, here's the, the, the mission is not the small group. The mission is the relationships, all right? So if the small group's not working out, then just you be the coffee person that you're like, want to go to coffee? Want to go to coffee? You and me, coffee, what's up, right? Just meet someone here and just, let's just go to coffee. Hey, I tried to do a small group on croquet, but nobody came. Well, we can talk about croquet, but then just go to the, just go default. Just, okay, be, be the invitation to coffee. Let's just connect. Sometimes I talk with the young people and they're like, hey, I just want to be mentored, and, but, but no one will mentor me. And then you lead into the conversation and there's, you haven't talked to anybody. And if you walk up to somebody and you say to a person, you know, that's in their, in their 60s, hey, will you mentor me? Let, this is a little awkward. Like, just... Let's start with coffee. <laughs> you want to go to coffee? It's just way easier, right? Because usually most people in their 60s are like, uh, I'm not sure I want responsibility for your soul. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of pressure. All right? So just, 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 just kind of go with, like, coffee. And same thing on the other way. Like, if you're, you know, if you're my age or a little older and you're like, I really want to invest in younger people, the same way, if you look at a young person and be like, may I mentor you? They'll be like, uh, no. I mean, some will say yes, but many will be like, uh, running for the hills. I don't know. Should I? Who are you? What? But if you'll just, if you'll make an investment, hey, let me take you to lunch. Hey, let's, let's just go to coffee. U.S. culture, that goes over a little bit easier. All right? Like, hey, let's just, let's just start with connecting and friendship. And then, and in that, you'll start to experience just those relationships, a little bit of, of life. And man, in my journey, I, I, I can tell you story after story where, the word, where, I, where I've heard the Lord in the word of God, and, and that's been the most prominent, I mean, by far, because it shapes, it molds every day. And sometimes the, the prophetic, the, the Holy Spirit speaking through other people, though, in, in the context of a small group, in the context of coffee, man, sometimes in the context of just a conversation hanging out at church, maybe right here. It sometimes it just cuts. It's just right there. And, and, and if he, the big thing that I want to enc encourage today in this frequency series 
We've done other messages where we talk about speaking the words of God, but this is on listening. This is on having the soil of your heart able to receive the seed when somebody says something that's just got the Lord on it. And other people, it just, it's just, they're so choked up with every other, everything else that it's just, it's bad soil, but your soil is soft. Your soil, you get, you get the seed and just a little word about your life and it comes alive. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is what God has for me. And so communicating over coffee, face-to-face. I just wanna, I want to, I'd love to have a culture where that's normal in our church, where it's just normal, where all the time it's like, you're, we're just, we're, we're living, whether it's coffee shops or restaurants or people's houses or parks, where it's just, we're getting together. We're just, it's part of what we do. Uh, my dream is to have a church where we have far more people in small groups than we ever have on a Sunday morning, Right? because we're just connecting. We're so committed to the relationship. Because if you'll be committed to the relationships, the relationships is where transformation happens. I don't wanna live where I'm in love with singing songs with guitars and preaching sermons. I wanna be where I'm in love with life change, people being transformed, right? And so, man, we love the Sunday morning. We're, we're gonna give it our best to do that. But we love during the week where we're connecting, and we're, we're talking, we're having, and, and listen, I'm talking about more than just telecommunication, right? We live in an age where the primary way where people are speaking is actually texting. In 2007, texting became more prominent than phone calls, right? And for 10 years, especially this generation, for a decade, the predominant way that people communicate is texting. Texting is fantastic, but I wanna invite you to talk face-to-face and be just the breath of God where you're speaking and you've got enough of the Holy Spirit alive at work inside of you that you're even cognizant of what is God wanting me to say to other people? All right. And so this is, this is one of the ways that God builds up his church, that God makes you strong. So, but you got to listen. This is, and listen, I, this is not just, hey, let's hang out. Let's, par- let's party. This is not, I got friends in low places and lean on me. It's more than that. All right. I'm not, this is not like a sermon on, you know, friends. You know, this is like, <laughs> this is like, sorry, I had some caffeine today. I'm a little wired. It's not in my notes. I'm just, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm hoping that we get like conversation where it's God speaking through us. I just show that I know friends. There we go. All right, everybody. Yeah, pastor's kid. All right, anyway. So Dan's like, oh, I was proud of you. Okay, last one is this. Dan's trying to get me to be more culturally relevant. <laughs> all right, third one is this. This is the last one, all right? We'll, we'll close with this. God speaks in ways you're not expecting. Like, and I'll just close with this and, because here's what I think happens. We get comfortable with a way that we're used to God speaking to us and that's just what we do. So like some, some people are like, hey, listen, I've had, I've had a quiet time for 20 years. This is my Bible time and I'm not sure I like the idea of hearing God through someone speaking to me. I'm not sure I like the idea of a dream. Not, I'm certainly sure I don't like the idea of a vision. And there's other people that are like, hey, listen, <laughs> I love hearing, you know, speaking for God, but you haven't picked up your Bible in a year. You know what I'm saying? Here's what I want to invite you to. I don't want you to feel judged or criticized. I just want you to open up the toolbox. God, what do you, how are you, how do you want to speak to me today? What do you want to say to me? 
One of my favorite stories is 1 Kings 18. Elijah calls down fire and God sends fire from heaven in chapter 18. But in chapter 19, the guy who calls down fire from heaven is waiting on hearing God and God is not in the wind and he is not in the earthquake and he's not in the fire. But that's not a context for every time because you and I know, hey, Exodus 3, burning bush, God's in the fire, right? Acts 2, Pentecost, whoo, there's a wind, earthquake, Exodus 19, whoa, Mount Sinai, and God was in those things. But with the man who could call down fire just before in chapter 18, God says, we're going to switch it up and we're not going to do fire I'm in the still small voice. I'm in the whisper. And sometimes we fall in love with our methods more than in the person. And I want to invite you to grow. All right? If you're a whisper person, just get the word of God alive inside of you. If you're a Bible person, man, be open. God, I want to hear your voice. I was talking to a person this week, 40 years old, grew up in a context that was very critical of anything like God speaks today. This person told me and said, I, 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 I had a vision. And I was like, really? Yeah, I, I, I've never had a vision before. I had a vision like God. I, Lord, I, I saw a picture. And, and, and then when you hear the vision, you measure what was told, and the vision is fuel to be like Jesus. But how do I measure it? How do I know if it's God? Well, our, the purpose of our lives is to know and follow Jesus. If, it, if it's leading you towards being like Jesus, self-sacrificial, in relationship, helping other people know him, all about Jesus, I want to encourage you. He's speaking today. He is at work and he'll be at work in your life. So my last encouragement to you is this, be open. Be open to the Lord speaking to you in a way that is not quite as comfortable as you're used to. It's like if Renata said to me, hey David, the only way that we will communicate is through texting. I'd be like, what? No, 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 this is the most important relationship in my life. There's a lot of ways that we talk. There's a lot of ways that we communicate. The most rela important relationship in your life is Jesus. Don't have a closed view. Open up your heart and be in love with the person more than the methodology that you've become accustomed with, all right? Let the word of God dwell in you richly. And be a Holy Spirit person. God is speaking to me today and enjoy frequency. Hearing God is the greatest relationship we could ever have. Let's stand to our feet. Let's pray together. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. 
If you'd like to invest in Radiant Church, please click Give on our website, radiantchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radiant Church? Check out radiantintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.